it's recording. Okay. We'll <laughs> <laughs> sit here and get quiet because you can see the red button in the corner that says recording. <laughs> everybody um <laughs> we're all sitting here looking at the red button going oh no we're on air this is a bit we're not on air because we actually edit this afterwards so if you're thinking of being a guest with us then you don't have to say all the right words in all the right places you can um you can come along and we can edit it or michael edits it rather not me i just don't do anything i do the pretty bits how are you both what you've been doing this last month since i last spoke to you cool. go ahead sarah Oh, I was going to say, you knew about your manly DVD that you were going to do the fitness. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's fitness videos, we're getting into all sorts of things. Yeah, well, as you, as you know, the, the weekends have been taken up with um, the Garden Renault version 4. The, um, the first version was when we moved into the house about 20 years ago. That wasn't very good. And then version... T no, version 2... Uh, now, version two was a Mexican backyard. We'd been to Mexico and we were inspired by Mexico. So we, we came back and we made our backyard look like a Mexican courtyard and other things. And then we, um, then we made it into a veggie garden. That was version three. And version four now, we're trying to do old people fight. So low maintenance, you know, no, lots of gentle... Uh, steps, you know, nothing uh, that you know you can't get a wheelchair down, that sort of thing. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> but last, but last week, I had the opportunity to go away for work, and when I do go away for work, I try to um, catch up with people from our community because you know Australia being a big place, and um, I, I met up with um, someone from our community. I I don't want to use her name uh, because she she works for the government. Let's just say she works for um the federal police so that's like australia's fbi equivalent so would she have to kill you then if you gave her name away <clears throat> maybe maybe because <laughs> she carries a gun <laughs> um but um as i'm a pod i'm a uh, a real um well a podcast geek but a real crime pro uh, uh true crime podcast geek as well and so i was able to get um legally some some back information to some really good podcasts that I'm listening to at the moment. So that was awesome. So there's there's always a reason why you got to catch up with our community. Um, and I had the I this week I was able to I was able to work from home for the first time in my working life. It was awesome because I this this will be for another time. But I get a little bit of anxiety going to our office. Long story. But um, to work from home was just so relaxing. It's so good. Pump lots of work out. So, yeah, look, that's been my week. Oh, and we got a uh, subscription to Prime, Amazon Prime Video and have been watching Jack Ryan. It's a, you know, a boy sort of action adventure thriller thing uh, based on the books by Tom Clancy. Is that 24? Okay. Um, no, no. Oh, sorry. Wrong, wrong, Ryan. Sorry. I think. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not in with me and um, with, ma with Marie St. Crime. I'm still stuck on Agatha Christie. Sorry. I'm in the 1930s still. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. I'm just going to take up a bit more time oh. because I went to a, a podcast, a live show f based on a true crime podcast which was, and the reason you say Agatha Christie, because a woman got up in the audience and said, look, it used to be Midsummer Murders and Agatha Christie did me, but now, listen to your podcast, I'm obsessed with everything <laughs> true crime. So that was really cool to watch that. So something to think about. Mm. Uh, um, if I get over to the UK one day, we should uh, maybe do a show. I think we should do a show. I absolutely have that, that we should do a live um full stop podcast and invite people along 
to see how loony we are, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, but that makes it so much more fun. It'll be like, um, oh, like when they have like a special kind of, you know, like a, one of those soaps here. I don't really, I don't really watch soaps, but anyway, I know they do these live episodes and um, they are live and they, they kind of refer to each other sometimes by accident as their real names, not the um, character names. And it all goes kind of viral. Oh, look, they said it was, you know, Joe Blobs when actually it's meant to be like, I don't know, Bill Green or something. I don't watch soaps. You can tell I don't watch soaps. And the last time I watched soaps was when someone shot um, Phil Mitchell, probably, or something. I, I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, let's move on from that, shall we? <laughs> what I didn't do this week was I didn't watch soaps, everybody. I didn't do that. Um, so that I didn't do. But I did watch... Um, what did I watch? Um, oh, I watched this fantastic programme called... Um, it's the Great British Car Journeys. And for those of you who are old enough to remember, back in the day, there was um, All Creatures Great and Small. And it's books by um, a vet called James Herriot, who wasn't actually called James Herriot. Alf, I can't remember his real name. But anyway, the two actors that were in it, um, Peter Davison, who some people might remember from Doctor Who, I suppose, um, and Christopher Timothy, are doing this journey in a, a Morgan. And they're going around these different types, different places um, in the UK. And it's just so lovely. It reminds me of kind of what it, or, or tells me what it ought to be like when I'm going on a road trip with my husband or with a friend. But, you know, you don't necessarily have to argue and it's okay to get lost. And as soon as I get in the car, I will I forget all these things. Um, but it's fantastic. It's lovely because um, they're going all these different places meeting all these petrol heads and things like that and um on the way and of course there's lovely scenery as well i really enjoyed that so we're watching that a lot um and i've been reading about mudlarking because i went to a talk at the london in london at the oxo um wharf um the oxo tower um and it was all to do with mudlarking so that's the finding stuff in the foreshore of tidal rivers and the Thames is tidal. Um, not many people seem to know that about Thames, but it is a tidal river. And um, it's taught, the lady that's written the book, London Mudlarking, um, talks about what she's found in there. And I found all sorts of different things because we found loads of stuff in our garden. You're talking about your garden renovations and I found all sorts of stuff in our garden, including um, cob bottles and they're the bottles with the marbles in the top we found quite a lot of those um and apparently that's what they're called i just thought they were bottles with marbles in but they're not they're named after somebody called harman cobb i read that this morning i will check and make sure that's right because i'm paraphrasing a bit so that was really good um i'm also reading the salt pass by um Raina Wynn about a couple who were unexpectedly made homeless i absolutely totally recommend this book to everyone um it's they are parents they talk a lot about the meaning of home and their children but it is absolutely incredible book it's a real story um and it's about living with her husband's incurable terminal illness and this unexpected and awful consequence that they find this place that they find themselves in with no home and how nature can heal you it's incredible i, I, I can't put it down i had to put it down in another room and another floor of the house and go to bed last night so i wouldn't just sit up all night reading it that's how good it is the other book that i've read recently is the hampstead lido book it's all about the hampstead pools in london and i sent that to mariel who was our guest last week so i posted that to her because she's really into her swimming as well so um and it arrived on her birthday which was nice as well so it's kind of like a an unexpected birthday present to her too and that has been my month sarah <laughs> go for it you've been running you've been doing loads of running i love your running photos I need to, I need to, well, I need to book in for a run because I kind of lost my mojo with it for a bit. But now it's, now it's summer, uh, summer. Now it's awesome and it's muddy. Bloody love it. You can see pictures of my trainers absolutely caked in mud. So if anybody's ever struggling with their mental health, get out, get outside. Mm. Running, just walk. Mm. It's bliss. Um, but what you were sort of talking about, what have I been reading? I'll be honest with you. I've been very boring this month. I've not been doing much at all. But I've been reading, I've been reading geeky stuff around counselling. That's Tat important stuff. <laughs> it's attachment across the life across the life course. Mm -hmm. um, I won't bore you with the details, but it kind of ties in with a workshop that I did yesterday around trauma, and I'm doing it because I think um, people that go through uh, childlessness is a trauma 
and that's what I'm looking at at the moment so uh, doing that workshop yesterday was there was a lot of aha moments as I sat there listening all about trauma and how it manifests in um, sort of how it comes out uh, physically in the body and how it comes out in our uh, how we react to things <clears throat> and I know we talk I talk a lot about triggers but um, there's also avoidance and I talk about avoiding things that trigger me and that came out a lot yesterday in the trauma workshop so yeah as boring as it sounds it was fascinating to me <laughs> um so that's what i've been doing all month work stuff <laughs> that's important though i think you raise a really valid point there because it's it kind of i suppose it sort of leads nicely into this particular episode that we're doing um which we called fuck festivities um with apologies for anyone who's offended by the language but actually sometimes it can really feel like that and i think as i approach this time of the year it feels a little a little bit of nervousness there a little bit of trepidation that's the word yeah trepidation about this time of the year because it can feel really demanding and I suppose that whole idea of going out and getting time for yourself and finding something else to do I think that's sort of a bit more normalizing can really help Michael I just wondered when you're you're talking about your garden renovation and does that provide something a distraction for you at this time of the year it's different because I, I find it so strange you're doing garden renovation because here it's kind of like I'm putting the garden to bed but never mind you're not you you're able to do that there but do you find that that helps you um and Vicky oh look most definitely um you know we're both quite creative in our own way so obviously there's the the positives that come from that but um yeah, the physical activity um, and also the, the, the joy of, of, of looking forward to something, you know, to Vicky gets, she gets, um, she only said today, you know, she started off pretty flat, but then once we started moving along, you know, and, um, you know, she's sort of uh, got into the swing of things. I'm motivated now. Oh, I feel, I, I feel better. Let's cause I can, I can see it you know, I could see it coming along. So yeah, look, most definitely it is, it is a very good um, motivator for us in, in, in terms of motivating some positive, you know, mental health. Yeah. You know, yeah. So um, it's cause it's almost, cause it's almost like our life has always been a bit, um, we finish one thing and we're on to another thing. We never yeah. sit still. No, you don't. I think that's probably very true. Yes, <laughs> we never sit still, and um, I, I think I'm going to actually think about that some more. Maybe I'll come back in another episode or, or something like that because um, we are both, you know, at the moment in a in a um, I don't know what you can call it, but you know, you you feel like you're on the verge of something. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you will. So. Yeah, I may come back to you with um with what what we've what we discover on this. We'll be doing inspiring stories. We've got some really exciting episodes planned for next year, so hopefully we can revisit that because I think that sounds really exciting. I think there's there's a lot to be said for that. You find I think we have shifts and changes in your in our lives that there might be small things, but they can lead to much bigger adventures, can't they? I built, um, the other thing I did this month was I built some trestle legs. And I thought of you at the time, Michael, because I thought, oh, I just like, yeah, oh, look at that. Bang, done, sorted. And I'm sitting there going, I have no idea. Where's YouTube? I need to look at YouTube and find something because I really have no idea what's going on with them. I don't mind flat pack furniture. It's fine. But honestly, the, the instructions just were just, just like, I have no idea. Lots and lots of planks of wood. But I built these things um, because I wanted to get back into doing my glass work again. Um, and I've spoken to, to Vicky about this a couple of times, but the stained glass work. And I stopped doing it for a long time because of IVF and the chemicals. And I've just started to sort of get back into it because you use actual lead, lead cane and the cement's quite horrible you have to use tallow candles which goes against all my kind of um principles but you have to use them because there isn't anything else and it's all a bit kind of messy but I absolutely love doing it but I stopped doing it so this kind of shed sort of makeover um which would probably fit into 
the workshop you've got at least probably 50 times over I should think but I love my little shed it's great and I've got the key for it and no one else can get into it so it's great and it's got a dog bed in it too um, which is very important and a ball drawer for the dog as well so we have our priorities sorted out um, I need to get a little kind of heater in there and I want to get them um, somewhere I can uh, make tea because that's important as well but it's it's just important to do something like that that just distracts you and I think if if everything over Christmas gets a little bit too much then I have a shed it might be cold it'll be very cold but at least it's somewhere to go to and those places to retreat I think are really important aren't they oh most definitely mm. um if we if we're talking about um the festive season um my parents uh, well, it's a few years ago now they decided to come and see my sister in the UK for Christmas and um so there was just really Vicky and I and my brother his wife and and their daughter and you know our Christmases had always been full on because we're we're the ones who know how to cater for let's say a dozen people you know so we've got the skills and the stuff to do that so we always did that so that was our thing and that was I guess our distraction on Christmas we just worked hard and come two o'clock in the afternoon it's like you know, I'd be saying inside my head, can you fuck off now? I've had enough. And, and um, I mean, I love them all, but it's just like, yeah, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> and and um, so anyway, so this one year, you know, mum and dad weren't there and we thought, you know what? We're going to do nothing. I did the whole, you know, um, uh, I don't know if you ever watched Married with Children, the Ted Bundy thing. Was it? No, Al Bundy. Ted Bundy was the killer, wasn't he? Yeah. That's right. Al Bundy. You know, sat in the lounge in, you know, in a pair of shorts, singlet. I don't think I was scratching my balls too much, but um, that's all we did. That's it. Christmas Day. We just sat in the lounge, watched TV. I think we ate chocolate. And ice cream because it's hot here, so the aircon was on, and we were just sitting underneath that because it was like thirty odd degrees outside. And um, yeah, um, that was, but that didn't go down well with the rest of the family because it was like, "What are you doing? We're doing what we want to do. That's yeah. that's our. Th this is what we want to do for once. Just let us have what we want to do." Yeah, and no, I still didn't like it, but anyway. No, I can relate to that. So um, my partner and I, we we do, well, fuck all, really, for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't participate. I cannot abide Christmas. I really can't. I find the whole thing just incredibly tedious. So what we tend to do is we stay in. We don't, we sort of, we might phone family, but we end up just basically getting pissed, um, sitting around in chocolate, you know, whatever we fancy, really. It's got to the point that my Christmas decorations last year were just a bowl of tree decorations because I couldn't even be asked to put the tree up. <laughs> I just, I just, I do not subscribe to Christmas. I think it's, I think for people that are childless, not by choice, it can be quite a distressing time. So it's up to them whether they want to participate or not. And we choose not to. So, yeah. <laughs> with, with my Christmas, it's, um, Oh gosh, this is going to be a, this is going to be a bit difficult. I'll try and get the words out quickly because it's, um, as you guys know, it's not been a particularly easy couple of weeks for me. Um, my Christmases when I was a kid were were huge. They were massive in our family. Um, my grandparents had quite a big house. We had everyone went over there. All my cousins, um, my aunts, my uncles, their in-laws, um, and this house had two kitchens because my great-grandparents lived upstairs, my grandparents lived downstairs. So both kitchens would be going. After my great-grandparents passed away, they still kept everything upstairs. So we still have two kitchens going. And there would be God knows how many people sat at this table, squashed in with a special kind of extra table for all the kids. And then there'd possibly be people sitting in the kitchen as well around that table. That's how big it was. Um, lots of dogs and it was always great fun. And when my grandfather died, Christmases of that size came to an end because they'd moved house to somewhere a little bit. Not terribly small. They didn't really do small houses, to be honest, my grandparents. But um, two weeks ago, well, it's not even two weeks yet, but my grandmother passed away. 
um, after a long and happy 97 years. So this Christmas is going to be difficult, I think, for everybody. Um, and I find it quite hard to not subscribe to Christmas because it was such a massive thing when I was a kid. Um, and it was, it was always just lovely to have everybody there and it felt like such a big thing. So to not do it is tough, but then to know what to do about it when it's not what it was before is hard. So we kind of go somewhere in the, in the mid ground. Um, often we go away, um, not always, but sometimes. Um, we'll put a few decorations up here, but mostly we will just kind of head out for the day. It'll be the two of us because Christmas for the rest of our family it's still it, it's kind of in little pockets if you like and they have their own grandchildren now so it's sort of dive diverts off into different pockets rather than being with one big thing which i would feel quite uncomfortable about you know i'd say that 50 60 percent of the year i'm not so triggered christmas is quite hard because you it's also family orientated the media social media and i guess it's the same for thanksgiving as well and lots of the celebrations that go on in lots of different religions across the world there is an element of doing it for the kids i think and doing it for family as well as religion um and i wouldn't mind so much if it was very religious very in that focus but the commercialism means that of course it's lots of stuff for children so it's hard for us. I mean, one of the nicest things that I've done in the past few years is I go to the beach with the dog. We're only about an hour, if that, away from the coast, which is a pop to the shops, really, for Michael. Um, but it is only an hour <laughs> away. <laughs> and for that, I find that really, really, really good as well. I find that really therapeutic as well. So there we go. Right, now, kind of very quickly, it's, very, it's, it's about coming up with new traditions, isn't it, I think? I think, you know, you sort of said your tradition was that you had a big family thing and now you're having to rethink what it is you're going to be doing. So I think, you know, Jim, my partner and I, you know, we, we do decide to do fuck all because that is our tradition. So I think for those that are struggling, it is really about coming up with what works for you. Let's introduce <laughs> our guest, shall we? I know you as IVF Fairness and <laughs> IVF Postcode Lottery, but you have a name. <laughs> Would you like to say hello? <laughs> of course, yeah. My name's Emily. Um, nice to see you. Sorry, nice to meet you all. Yes, it's um, I'm IVF Fairness on Twitter, but um, yeah, it's nice to be speaking to you all. We um, are talking. I know that you, your background is with Mind. Is that correct, Emily? You've been doing your work. Your background is in counselling as well. I worked um, for a little bit of time for Oxfordshire Mind. So um, I was arranging educational courses and um, activities for them. So I've got a bit of a background in mental health, well-being, and that kind of thing, which comes in handy from time to time. Oh, I bet it does. I bet it does. How do you manage at this time of the year? What's what's your coping strategies for for the festive season? It's really hard, actually. I think. I mean, we've been um, sort of trying for our family for five years, mm. and this um, this Christmas is. I think we're more aware that we need to take care of ourselves because um, just before Christmas would have been our due date um this year so okay. I think that no, oh, that's okay. But I think that um, what we're really aware of is the fact that we need to take care of each other my partner ben and i we um have been talking a lot about self-care and the expectations that are on us because at the same time a lot of our friends and family are having their first children and expecting you know rightly expecting us to be involved and to take part so some of the things that we've been talking about are things like sort of setting expectations and being open and communicative about what we need um because you know th there's an expectation around christmas for you to throw yourself into it and go along with plans and that can be really hard when you're childless not by choice because so much of it is focused on children as you were saying um before that yeah it's really important to remind other people as well that actually it might not be as easy for you and you might want to duck out for a bit and you know take a nice walk or take some time to do something that makes you feel good um so that's one thing and i think the other thing as well that is easier said than done is to try and remember what opportunities you do have when you're in this position especially because you can get so wrapped up with comparing yourself to 
um, other people and what position you wish you were in or how you think things could have been. So you get stuck in this sort of future mindset, whereas actually it can be really nice to try and refocus those thoughts and sort of check in with yourself and say, actually, there might be opportunities that are open to me that might not be open to other people, like having more autonomy to make plans to go to a Christmas party or to, you know, overindulge a little bit or to, yeah, to do these, these things that might not be so accessible for other people. So there are a couple of things, but in terms of well-being and, and mental health, I think that, um, yeah, just taking regular check-ins with yourself and, and practicing some self-care. So doing the things that you need to do to take care of yourself is probably at the top of the list. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, I completely agree. Um, I was going to to, to talk about um, uh, Sarah. You're probably better at, at, at explaining all of this, but it's that the, the zone of control and what we can control and what we can't control um, around all of these events as well. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed, that I think people can do an awful lot, and now I do very much, is over catastrophizing and assuming that the worst is going to happen at all of these mm -hmm. events and getting quite carried away with what might happen, but actually sometimes just getting in the door and I always do, I often do the thing of showing my face. It's kind of how, how much do I think it's going to be difficult? How is it going to be easy? But is it okay if I just show my face and just you know, hi, hello, you know, cup of tea, I've got to head off because I've got to go somewhere else. Because the one great thing about Christmas, of course, and festivities in general, is that, of course, there might be a few things. They might not actually be really happening. Uh, but you might have to go back and do a thing or pop in to see um, somebody that may or may not be expecting you. So you can quite easily, at this time of the year, make excuses and say, I've got to be somewhere else. Um, so it's possible to show your face. Um, and there's also that other word that I think we don't use enough of is, is, is no, um, I can't do that. And we don't always have to explain why, but it's okay to say, no, I can't make it at this time. I think that's an important one too. I think that's really important to be honest. And it, it can feel like you're letting someone down by doing that, but actually you're not. And it's a survival, you know, for you, it could be about survival. It could be about getting through the difficult time. Um, mm. So definitely feeling like you can say no. Um, I really liked what you said as well about sort of thinking about showing your face and, and thinking about catastrophizing as well. What, what might happen if I go along or it's probably going to end up like this. So you can predict the future, which is obviously not a helpful way of thinking sometimes because it can seem worse than it might actually be. But equally, I think that's um, more of a, a way of reflecting on how important it is to be present and to be mindful in the moment as well so instead of trying to focus on what might happen in the future just trying to reground yourself and think it's okay just to be here and and take my feelings as they come to me and act how I need to act to take care of myself absolutely yeah I agree and I like that idea that you said about focusing as well on the the choices that we can have because we don't have those restrictions around this I think it's we, we very rarely think of but I know that in my choices to think as I come up in the past I have done I don't know how this year will pan out for us as a family because there's a, a, a bigger need to support people but usually because my parents fortunately aren't demanding that I have to be somewhere or to be at home um, they give both my brother and I the freedom to make our choices as to what we want to do um that's actually quite a lovely thing because it just means that we have no obligation to do something if we want to go to the beach if we want to do something we never have christmas dinner i can't remember the last time that i ever had christmas dinner i never cooked it i, I think i'd be terrible at it so um i just try to avoid it but you know we, we might choose to go to the beach in the afternoon when everybody else has gone home you know two o'clock or three o'clock if the tide's right it's perfect because everyone else has gone to you know stuff their faces with with dinner and, and we can have the beach to ourselves so you have those sorts of freedoms that you can choose and looking at all of that and, and prior to getting a dog we used to go and walk through um Cambridge where I live because it was always quiet on Christmas day New Year's morning is, is New Year's Day morning is also lovely because it's like your own city again so there's sometimes that finding little tiny pockets of of freedom and joy can be really 
quite rewarding you might not feel it at the time but afterwards hopefully people can reflect a little on that too yeah I definitely think it's it's easier said than done isn't it sometimes yeah. but um just making the most of those opportunities can can bring you such joy and also planning them in if you know that for example Christmas day for us is going to be intensive sort of family all day um so thinking actually that might be the expectation but I think it will be good after dinner after lunch to check out for a little bit take myself off for a walk and just you know bring myself back into you know refocusing on me for a little bit might be quite nice um so yeah. yeah I think that's really helpful I like the idea of walking dogs as well by the beach that sounds <laughs> ideal How lovely. it gets a bit busy sometimes you're like oh god there's everyone here <laughs> we, were, we were sadly disappointed the first year that we did that because the days prior to it no one was there and of course Christmas day boxing day it's like the world's there you're like oh god it's all the the, the mad dog owners who, who can't remember how to use a lead uh, <laughs> but you know <laughs> if you can avoid that and find somewhere really quiet it's actually quite a nice thing to do so yeah it can be quite rewarding or just to find like a quiet spot somewhere out of the way um, and a change of scenery just getting out and going somewhere really quiet can be really good too as well so there's lots of kind of coping techniques there isn't there I think that, that we can use I think using ourselves and, and working out and being in touch with ourselves and connecting to what um we feel instinctively is right for us isn't selfish is it it's a it's actually something that's really good for us as people and taking that responsibility for ourselves as well absolutely and I think it's about yeah being really self-aware and checking in with yourself because so often you get swept up it's such a busy time of year and you get swept swept up in what you should be doing or, or an endless list of tasks but actually you know just taking a moment to think how am I doing and um, what do I need? What are my needs? Do I need to take some time out or do I need to excuse myself for a bit or, and not mm. being worried to do that or apologetic. It might feel a bit odd at first, but actually I think once you get used to doing it, it's really important for everybody at any time of year, but maybe especially at Christmas when all of this, you know, this stress, this feeling might be a bit magnified. Um, and on that note as well, I was going to mention about um, social media because um you get inundated especially because i'm always on social media you've probably spotted it's really easy to go on there and, and immerse yourself and at christmas we get these really perfect images of everyone else living out these idyllic christmases surrounded by children and family and for those of us that don't necessarily have that in the same iteration or don't have a traditional family or you know it, it might be um easy to start feeling pretty low and not realizing that that might be contributing to it so yeah just maybe thinking about how you're feeling and whether social media is having an effect and if you need to take a break from that as well is something that I'm going to challenge myself to do because as I say I spend much too much time on there anyway but mm. Christmas can be hard so it's just a yeah another factor that might be contributing absolutely i agree i think i'm i tend to find your know, christmas day i'll often pop in to social media to check up on on people and see how everyone's doing in the community but of course it's it's impossible to not go into your main bit of facebook or or, or twitter or wherever you go and see things i think there's a lot to be said for curating your social media and i think it's probably something that we might talk about in a future episode in more detail but how we manage social media so that we see the things we want to see and that it's absolutely okay to to defriend people um to unfollow that's all okay i openly confess i have two social media accounts one which is entirely and completely for the work i do um for this podcast and for the friends i have who are childless not by choice and all the awareness work and then another one that's just tucked away for colleagues for family it's on a device that i don't charge up very often it's not that i don't love my family i love them to bits but they can sometimes perhaps not be aware of how triggering some things can be um so I go into that when I remember to charge up the device, when I remember what the password is because I don't really remember it. <laughs> and actually that then means I've got two kind of checks. Is this okay? Do I want to do this? Okay, I can do that. So it's kind of three stages if you like to manage that. Um, and, and 
it's the same really with with Twitter. We there's several accounts that I've got, one's for my business, one's for walking our shoes, one's for the full stop. So I can go into those three and I have different people, I follow different things. And I curate that often, particularly on Twitter, because people can follow who might be still um, trying to conceive, who may possibly be in a different place to I am as well. And I just kind of go through that and I just make a sort of a judgment as to how I feel too, because it's important, I think, as, as you must find, Emily, as I think we do, is that although we are in a position where we are campaigning for things and advising people we can still also be triggered as well so we have to look after our mental health um, and make sure that we are looking after each other as well i think that's very important too so curating social media possibly when you're feeling on a stronger day um, and not leaving it till christmas eve um, is a good thing to do as well so definitely do that and I might have to put some tips somewhere we can probably come up with some lists of some things that we can do but I think that's really important yeah absolutely I completely agree <laughs> Sarah Michael you've both been very quiet but <laughs> you're both you're both on mute come off mute yeah you're doing great I'm sort of learning from you too Sarah normally does all the interviews <laughs> Which is really good with the, with the questions oh. and things. So for some reason, I seem to be <laughs> chatting to you. So, guys, what do you think about the about um, the, the tips that Emily has shared with us today? Anything you'll be using there? I what do you think you do use? Because I bet you probably do. Yeah, well, I'm a big proponent of the word no. Um, it took me a long time. I think I think it does because you kind of social etiquette kind of dictates that you'll do things and I think it's a steep learning curve to sort of turn around and say actually that might be what you want but right now I need something different and I think for me that was a real a real turning point um my I hope my mum doesn't mind <laughs> the name checker now but she wants to do something for Christmas that I'm not comfortable with and it's kind of I find it very hard to say no to my parents I never usually do so saying no has been tough and I'm not going to lie, it's not always easy to say no. And you don't have to say no, it's just finding a way of doing it. But for my mental health, I'm not going to be able to do, I'm not going to be able to go to this meal around Christmas because Christmas is a bit of a shit time for me anyway, because it's not just Christmas. It's kind of when I had a hysterectomy and my mental health just totally nosedived around Christmas. And I'm still, every time Christmas comes around, I'm still back there, if you see what I mean. Mm -hmm. So for me, no is a very... A very big deal so yeah I, that was the top tip I think that yeah, was like number one for me when you went no <laughs> what about you Michael yeah I was just listening to um uh you know when you said you know no we've um you know I guess we're, we're a fair way along the track in terms of acceptance now um and one of the one of the things that we I think we do quite well um is is the no thing but i wouldn't say it's easy so vicky will say to me no nah, don't want to do that so then it's okay well okay all right so how we then go into sort of this sort of strategy meeting where we go okay well how are we gonna how are we gonna let people down okay but at the same time let let us have this no um, and so one of those is, and I know it's not about the, fest, the festive season, but one of those is particularly around, um, not that we have them anymore because, you know, we're 50 and our, our friends group is different, but, um, one of our friends had a newborn and, you know, we don't go to the hospital. That's it. Don't. No. And, um. I remember a conversation we had. How how are we going to how are we going to how are we going to let them know how are we going to say this? Um, and I just said, we're just going to tell them the truth, and that's it. And that's what we and that's how us and that is our strategy now is we just tell the truth. Now we have members of our family that don't like to hear the truth and think they know better. Um, I, I remember, as I was saying about um, that time, we wanted to just sit around the lounge at Christmas 
you know, under the air conditioning because, you know, Australia is hot. Um, and, and, um, and my, and she won't listen to this. That's so all right. My sister-in-law, um, Oh, you guys got to get a grip of that. That's going to kill you. You know, you can't, you can't let this thing ruin your life. And it took all of the strength and courage for me to muster to, cause she's not the type of person that you can actually tell things to. Let's just put it that way. So um, she will, whatever you say to her, she will take it personally. So, um, you know, I had to muster a lot of uh, strength to not come out in that blokey way and just say it how it is. Um, yeah, so my advice is just tell the truth. Now, I could have just said that and not use about 10 cents, you know, that 15 minutes. But anyway, there you go. <laughs> I think that's really important. We've actually had a couple of bits that have come through on um, social media to us um, where we asked for advice on Christmas and festivities. And a lot of that has been about, I think this year I'm going to try and say why. And my uh, extra kind of, I suppose, line to that is that when you say why, people will automatically try to fix it for you i think in my experience not everybody lots of people who've got a little bit more of a deeper understanding perhaps of grief and of loss one may say i'm sorry um what can they do to help um those people are worth their weight in absolute gold but most people in my experience will try and fix it they'll try and find a compromise so always be aware that there may well be a well we could do this instead or we can do that and sometimes the compromises i find can make you feel a bit more kind of i kind of want to say the word itchy um uncomfortable because they've obviously tried to compromise to to say to try and accommodate you but they're also perhaps letting themselves down a bit in what it was that they originally wanted to do I still think it's okay to say no, not at this time. I think that's perfectly okay to do that. Um, Mariel has said um, on Facebook, you don't need to do it the way it's always been done. Really examine all you think is essential and ask what gives you, what it gives you and what you may enjoy instead. Create new traditions that really work for you. And I think that's absolutely true because between the three of us, between the four of us, we've come up with some different ways of, of looking at, at Christmas. And I think creating new traditions is a really good one. Um, I know somebody in the community, they have, they have beans on toast, you know, and that sounds ridiculous, but it actually, for them, it's just like, oh yeah, it's just beans on toast, you know, and, and we, we get a box set, you know, onto Netflix and that's what we do. Um, so there's lots of different things you can do. Volunteering is something that I know a lot of people can do as well. I have a friend of mine who is actually child free. She, she chose to be childless, um, but she's lost her parents recently. And she goes and volunteers at one of the community centres here that's open on Christmas Day for people who are homeless. And that's what she's, she's been doing that actually for a number of years and finds that really rewarding. She gets out, talks to people, has a connection with with others as well but also goes home a little bit more she's a little bit more grateful for what she does have on boxing day and for the rest of the year so that's again another thing um dog shelters always need volunteer walkers on christmas day dogs will still be walking so that's another thing to think of as well there's lots of stuff i think that that goes on on Christmas Day, the world still carries on, as we all know, when we wake up and we look at the news on Boxing Day, uh, particularly in the UK, God knows what's going to happen on Boxing Day news. It's all a bit of a roller coaster, but, you know, um, but, you know, life still carries on and there's still stuff going on out there. So I think if you're in a, a rural place, it can often feel a little bit like there's nothing going on. But if you get out into cities and there's still life going on, and sometimes it's a nice thing to do to just get out and go and connect with some other people who perhaps aren't feeling Christmas in the way that that um that everybody else is doing too so i hope they're all useful advice for people in the coming months or coming weeks it's not that long is it no it isn't damn it <laughs> <laughs> oh dear thank you ever so much for joining us today emily on our oh. episode it's been really thank lovely. you
it's been um, a real pleasure thank you very much I hope everything goes well with your campaign. What, what are your next steps? So um, we haven't talked too much about um, the campaign for the IVF funding because we know that a lot of our audience are kind of past that point, but it's yeah. obviously very important. And you know, I'm still kind of involved in that side as well, but what's your next steps with that? Oh, it's a good question. I'm trying to get our petition to 10,000 signatures. I'll be wow. really happy if I can get that to happen. Mm. Um, and I'm loved being MPs every opportunity I get um obviously at the moment it's really hard with politics mm. being quite controversial and up to the air yes it is yes <laughs> it's really hard to get anything done um so yeah I'm just trying to navigate that as best possible to make mm. sure that the conversation doesn't die um yeah. and we can just keep it going and hopefully get something done <laughs> I hope that you do. Let us know what the link is to the petition and we'll get that shared on our social media too. Um, oh, and we'll you. also share your Twitter account with everybody too because it is important work. Even though many of us um, have been through all of that and are somewhat out the other side um, or perhaps haven't experienced that, I think the opportunity to help others who may be in need of, of treatment and to keep that funding going and that, you know, give everybody a fair choice I think that's what it is that choice it's a really important thing to do so brilliant work thank you for doing that on behalf of everybody it's really important that you do that thank you that's really kind <laughs> <laughs> right um, if you want to leave us Emily you may do so because we're just going to carry on with some community news things but yeah to chuck us everything over um, you can do that on the um, on the Twitter direct message or if you want to do it on Facebook or whatever then that's absolutely fine and we must get okay. back in touch for a future episode because I think what you shared has been so invaluable actually and you've given us some different things I don't think we would have come up with half the things that you had done between us so it's obviously really really important to our audience I'm sure it will be Fab, thank you. Yeah, I'll be very happy to keep in touch. That'd be lovely. And uh, good luck with the rest of the recording. Lovely. Thank you very much. <laughs> Cheers. Nice to meet you. You too. Bye. 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 So community news, news from our community. Um, we were joined today by Emily from IVF Fairness and the Postcode Lottery. You can follow her at IVF Fairness, all one word, on Twitter. And she is campaigning for fair access to infertility treatment on the NHS and has a um, petition, which we will share on our social media, which she wants to take to 10,000 signatures. So she's doing great guns at the moment in a very difficult political climate. Um, I want to also let you know about Helen Sigal, who is a fantastic artist. Um, she's running a group, it's on Facebook, and it's called Empowered Childlessness. So it's a programme, and there's lots and lots of videos on there, lots of Facebook lives, a really active community. And Helen's been on, we've met her before, haven't we, Sarah, through the um, webinars that we ran back in the day with Steph from World Child this week. And Helen was really inspiring and took us through a whole kind of process of creating and drawing. So definitely go over there if you want some a different way to look at your grief and a different way to explore coming to terms with childlessness that is very much about empowering and about new tools, then it's a really good place to go. So that is Helen Siegel and she's on Facebook under Empowered Childlessness. I also wanted to give a little bit of a shout out to Tina Russell, who runs Simply Shine. I've met Tina in person numerous times because we live just up the road from each other. And she's fantastic, but very inspiring. It's looking at coaching around giving yourself different ways through grief um, and different positive techniques. I definitely will go over to see her. Her website is simply-shine.co.uk. Her name is Tina Russell. She is also childless, not by choice. And a shout out, and I'm hoping that we can get Lucy onto a future episode because I love um, Lucy um, and her work. Okay, so Lucy Underwood runs a website and a blog called what the afternoon knows she's a former laureate poet for south cumbria 
and has the most amazing I mean the, the website's lovely I, I'm I love books and poetry I've got an English lit degree so I kind of immerse myself in all of these things and what I absolutely love about um, Lucy's work is that she's also a counsellor so she kind of she blends a lot of her writing with um, with that counselling and therapeutic kind of touch to her words. I desperately would like to get her onto the podcast. We will do that. I think she'd make a, have a lovely reading for us too that would give us um, some strength too. So her website is whattheafternoonknows.co.uk and I really hope that you will look it up and um, read through some of her posts. Um, she's talking an awful lot at the moment about her travels um, around Cumbria and the Lake District. And one of my... Um, favorite sort of parts is all of the skies she talks an awful lot about the dark sky parks um in the lake districts I, I don't know anything about stargazing but i absolutely am fascinated by it so definitely look up her website and that's the community news that i have for everybody at the minute if you've got something you want to add to that for the next issue um next episode then please do so i'm just going to touch us on social media you can find all the details of how to follow us and and chat to us on www.thefullstoppod.com which is our website and that's where we come to the end of another episode but before we close we want to tell you about our next one as it's the end of the year we want to make this one a little special and we want to fill it with as many positive messages as possible so is there someone in the community you'd like to say thank you to You can do that by having us read out your message, but it would be extremely special if you wanted to make a recording and send it to us. Or, if you're a tech novice, we can arrange an internet call and I can walk you you through it. But imagine how uplifting and special that would be for you both. Now, you may even want to send out an inspirational message to the the community in general to let them know that you're thinking of them at this time of year. So let's spread that compassion and love that we all have to try and bring our community together. If you want to participate, you can drop us a line on the Facebook page or at our website www.thefullstoppod.com. Of course, you'll find all these in the show notes. And of course, as always, we want to let you know that you are not alone.